Welcome to the Studio Talk podcast. I'm Xiomara Sosa, your co-host. Every week, we speak to our community members to teach them about mental health through education and awareness, and our hope is to inspire them through social change advocacy. We also interview community members and other mental health professionals, clinicians, healers, students, and wellness professionals. Our style is storytelling. Everyone has a mental health story to tell. The information shared in this podcast is not a substitute for seeking help from a licensed mental health professional and is not a substitute for psychological diagnosis or treatment. It's purely educational and purely social change advocacy. If you find yourself in any sort of mental health emergency or distress, please dial 911 or go to your nearest emergency room. Hello everyone, this is Victoria and this is Studio Talk Season 2, Episode 2. Ziamara and I today are going to talk about a topic that is a little bit heavier um, than our previous topics, uh, which is gun violence and mental health. This is actually something that she and I prepared a while ago. Um, yeah. To discuss actually, and then that's, right. that's why this says episode nine on there. Exactly. Little outline. Yeah. <laughs> but life happens, and we've kind of talked about that the past two episodes. Um, so now we're back, and we do want to bring this back up. Um, I was going to say it was more relevant in the news a couple months ago, but it's still relevant because yeah. this, this is still happening. It's fucking happening, and it will continue to happen. Um, so she, we, we were both talking about not trying to get off topic because um, there's a lot of opinions that can go into and feelings, man, and feelings uh, that can go into gun violence. But we're gonna try and rein it in specifically with gun violence and mental health and how these two are related, or maybe not as related as the media portrays. Yeah. Um. So I'm gonna let you start because you do a better job with starting than I do. Okay, so um, one thing that I've noticed, because I, I like to listen to other podcasts on the subjects that we're getting ready to talk about so that we won't be as repetitive or or even just sound like them, you know, and just kind of have our own feel about about it. And then also I learn a lot from listening to them. And there's one thing that stood out when I was listening to the podcast today, and that's this one um, therapist that said, went through the whole thing, you know, and her whole show. And then towards the very end, she said, and then the last thing I'm going to talk about is we always hear about what the impact is on gun violence or mass shootings because of mental health. We never talk about and we never hear them talking about the impact that gun violence and mass shootings have on mental health. Mm -hmm. Like nobody ever thinks to have that conversation, but of course we as professionals very aware of it and we're like the first ones to put out you know here are the resources to teach your children or if you have you know whatever to deal like with the crisis but it's never anything that's kind of talked about I don't I don't ever see anybody take that not no news people nothing and that that stood out to me so I think that Mm -hmm. as we move along if it makes sense to we're going to try to do that <laughs> you know yeah like, and there is an, ar- an article that you had posted on here and I guess we're going to put in the show notes as a yeah, resource yeah everything's going to go there yeah um, and the topic of the article really is how to talk to your kids about gun violence yeah. um, specifically in schools yeah and I read through that yesterday and my first thought was like wow this is really helpful and my second thought was like isn't this shitty that we have to do this fuck like why is this even why is this even an article why is this even a thing and why is it a thing and why the hell are, why is everything onus everything being put on mental health i yeah. think that's kind of be a, that's going to be a little bit of our 
touchy. <laughs> yeah. Touchy little nerve because that's how I feel about it. I feel like, screw you. What the hell are you doing putting it on us? We're not the reason this shit is happening. Why do you want us to fix your mess? It's always a solution. Yeah. Like, we need more mental How health. do you figure that we're going to, even the little teeny bit that we can do about it, where it makes yeah. sense to do something about it, wouldn't even prevent, it would prevent, like I said, 4%, because that's 4% of the gun violence, the statistics are, that 4% of the gun violence and mass shootings in general really do have some form of mental illness history of some kind. And that's, okay, so we put out the 4%. What are you going to do with the rest of the person? Who are you going to go to for that? And to blame that on and to say and legislate and everything. So I wish that... I wish that the subject wasn't so divisive so that the general population could be more open to even noticing those sorts of obvious discrepancies in those arguments, you know? And to me, that's a very obvious discrepancy. Like, yeah. okay, cool. You know what? Give me the money. Put put it on us. It's kind of like, put it all on us. Let us fix the mess that you all make. And you'll still see that that's not going to solve your problem because that's not where the problem begins. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's not where the problem really is. And so, I think the follow-up question is always, well, if that's not the solution, what is? Right. And the answer to that is we don't have one. Like we don't have <laughs> yeah. one yeah. that makes sense. And one of the reasons we don't have one in America right now, which we're getting closer, thank God, to a new newer generation's people thinking differently of it, and then the actual uh, victims, whether it's collateral you know, damage or the actual victims themselves, who have had enough and are taking things into their own hand are changing this point. And this point is that you have to put the research, I mean, listen, it's a public health issue. The argument has to become a public health issue, whether or not mental health is included in it or not, whether or not politics is included or not, it has to become a, mental, uh, a public health issue because it comes down to you need to, you need to have a cohesive way of funding the research so that you can have all of the data all of the information that you need so that you can put policy together that makes sense so that the funding can go towards the thing that you know research is suggesting is the answer or mm -hmm. are the answers but right now i feel like they're just throwing something in the air hoping that it sticks and it sticks right because people like something or someone so now we just happen to be the group those mental health people are letting it slip through. Why is it? We're not letting anything slip through because even, <coughs> even if like, let's just say, even if they manage to catch one of these people and they send them our way, right? If they haven't committed a crime, nothing can be done. Nothing mm -hmm. can be done with them by law enforcement. So if we say, you and I say, we feel that this person could potentially A, B, C, and D. Criminally, what can you do to a person like that? You can't necessarily lock them up because of something yeah. they might do. We all might do something. Okay, so then there's that argument. Then if we do take them in, the only thing that mental health people can do, psychiatrists in particular, is they can admit people. Let's just say they can admit them. They think, okay, this guy is showing. And even still, you know, mass shootings... They're not, that's not a diagnosable mental illness. So like, mm -hmm. what is a psychiatrist going to say that the diagnosable mental illness is in order to justify putting them, admitting them in a hospital for the little two weeks that they're, we're allowed to have them. So even if we do manage to get that, then in those two weeks, 
you know, the mental health people do what they have to do, but then they have to kind of let them out because do they get better? Have they done it? What do you do with that? Yeah. Then you, then if you say we're admitting them, then the judges step in because they're the ones that get to commit. And I think that that's what generally people don't understand. We don't commit like mental health professionals. We don't commit. We admit, right? So mm-hmm. if we think someone should be admitted for they're having paranoid delusions and think that everybody's against them and so they're divided let's just say that's the worst case scenario so we want to have them admit it and then even if that goes some kind of way the the point is to get them better Mm -hmm. is not necessarily to lock them up for life right you get them better so in 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 sort of in theory they can get better in however long a time they get but then what that does is it opens up the criminal justice part of it to allow a judge to decide whether or not that person we admit it should be committed. That's what people are thinking should happen to them. That's criminal justice. That's the, the criminal sort of side of everything, which we have nothing Out to do with. Out of our wheelhouse. <laughs> yeah, we don't have anything to do with that. So yeah. if this person shows up in court and is able to show, I did this, I did that, I went to my thing, I blah, 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 I'm fine, I understand and I get it. It's up to the judge. And if the judge says, no, they don't need to be committed, then they're not committed. Mm-hmm. If, on the other hand, the judge says they, are, they do need to be committed, then we step in again and we do what we need to do. But even if they do that, it's almost always never about treating them. It's more about punishing them. But punishing them for what? They haven't done anything yet. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like the criminal side of the criminal justice side of things can't really do anything with them until they literally do something. Because then, then they'd be they'd yeah. be arresting everybody. Nobody would have whatever rights it is that we think we have because somebody said or did or acted or was moody or was whatever it is that they're yeah. thinking is diagnosable. Then the criminal justice system is going to step in to get you, you know? And then if they don't, you don't want them doing that. You want us doing that. Well, what do you think happens when we get them? Mm-hmm. Kind of the same thing. But then it still has to go through the criminal justice system. So it's all like, I just think it's such a lack of understanding of how this all really works Mm -hmm. and then the reality of I don't I there is no such thing as a person showing up and then I go through my DSM and I go okay all of these eight out of nine things are presenting the histories everything's there so I'm gonna diagnose you with what mass shooting syndrome or you know gun violence syndrome we don't have that doesn't exist yeah and you know that doesn't exist so why would you think I would be able to I don't, I don't know. I don't think that there's a, if you leave it, I think we are part of the solution. I think that we can, they can benefit from allowing us to help them understand what would work and what wouldn't work in terms of trying to prevent these things and, and maybe deterring these people. I think that that might be an option that we can do, but again, we need the funding for the data. The data has to be there for our research people to do their part because guys, the way that our our field works is we have the, our research mental health people that do research. This is all they do. This is what they want to do. This is what they do with their PhDs. They do research, mm-hmm. research, research, and it's, everything's evidence-based. Then it all comes back to us, and everything that we do in practice and in everything is evidence-based on that research. So we don't sit around going, oh, yesterday I had a talk with Victoria, and we decided that if this person comes in and says these three things, then we can diagnose them with this thing. We don't decide that. That comes from research. It comes from, and that's funding. That's funding. So if you really want to know how mental health can help with that, then you have to fund that to begin with. Because right now, we can't do anything when 
and by we, I just mean my our profession, not me personally. But if there's a big mass shooting, right? Every usually, almost always, the perpetrator gets killed. So it's not even like you can <clears throat> research him or anything. Yeah, like that. get yeah. information. You get it. All, it's all collateral information. And you know, sometimes yeah, I wonder about that. You know, people. Oh, now all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you don't know. All of a sudden, I do notice that he was just that and the other. Well, you didn't notice that before, and you didn't seem to think. Yeah, and you can't diagnose someone who is deceased. Yeah, and they're mm-hmm. not here, so you don't know. So we have to go by stuff that's tenuous and sort of, you know, see what see what it is that's common with all of them, mm-hmm. you know, which is the only thing that we can do, and that's how we've come up with this sort of profile of what these guys look like before they do this, but... I do. I I get a little hot about that because I feel like they're throwing their energy. Mm -hmm. If I felt it would work and I believed in practice that that would actually help with all of this, then I would say, hell yeah, let's do it. They're wasting time. They're wasting money. They're wasting everybody's energy by making them all mad and giving them false hope that mental health people are going to be able to be our like magic pill to fix this. And it's not. And I do think it's, it's not just one answer. I think it's a lot of... A lot of different things need to change, you mm-hmm. know, because there's a lot of factors that create a, a mass shooting, right? Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of it, well, not a lot of it, I'm going to stop saying a lot, a part of it mm-hmm. is also the home. Oh, What's absolutely. What's going on at home with this person, it, right? and, and their history. Let's let's review what the general um, profile is of a mass shooter. Okay, let me see. I wrote it down here somewhere. <sighs> See if I can find it. Okay, mass shoots. Okay, these are the similar characteristics. Not saying that if you have these characteristics, you are doomed to be a mass shooter. So don't come at me with that. Not saying that you have to have all of these to be, but this is the general idea that comes out of every time they look at the cases after the fact. And that is that um, most of them have anger issues and have always had anger issues and have been living with major rage. I'm not talking about I'm angry that my mom doesn't let me take the car. Rage. Mm-hmm. They have rage. Sometimes we don't even know it. Sometimes we do. But these people have rage. They're incredibly bitter. Bitterness just just eats them up a lot. This is what they live with. They're resentful and they're bitter. They're young men who have similar histories of social isolation. The majority of them are white. They've been bullied. They harbor these revenge fantasies, which you see when they're writing and giving clues and leaking that they're going to do what they're going to do. It's like Mm -hmm. this revenge fantasy. And they definitely go through life with this entitlement towards what they feel their social standing should be, should have been, could have been, and everybody else whose fault it is that it isn't, right? So a lot of their attention towards women is negative in a lot of these cases, there's always the mom I hate it, the, the girl, you know, there's always like a history of something like that yeah. typically involved. So there's a little bit of, you know, misogyny going on there. And they feel like, you know, they aren't popular. They aren't getting the popularity that they deserve, the attention they deserve, the recognition they believe that they deserve. You know, many of them have had this desire to either become law enforcement officers or military people and washed out. They wouldn't be accepted because they picked up on the fact that something's they're not they're not stable enough or mm-hmm. they're not whatever enough to to go in through that thing goodness right which is another reason yeah. why they which is slighted. another reason they feel like they feel slighted and yeah. all that um and they think they're generally better than the world at large around them everybody else sucks you know i am the better person mm-hmm. and i am the one i have to 
you know, and so they want to show the world all that. Do you think someone could argue that those would be criteria for narcissistic personality disorder? They have narcissism, but those are not, that's not the criteria for narcissistic personality disorder. No. Those are traits, those, some of those are traits, and if we were to go claiming everyone, because we have so many narcissists among us, and people with narcissistic traits among us, that are not prone to gun violence. We don't diagnose them with that. We don't go after them because they might shoot people up or whatever. We don't. We do have a lot of men that commit a lot of domestic violence based on a lot of this sort of thinking. You know, they don't necessarily kill their women unless they're in South Carolina because we have the high, one of the highest rates here where women are, you know, unfortunately. Do we really? Yeah, we have one of the highest rates, if not the highest, of men abusing and it being lethal, the lethality rate being up. Anyway, and guess what? What? Mostly with guns. (laughs) No. Um, no, but they had, really have the highest rates. And, you know, our, we don't put money into that either. The research comes out every year, every year, every year. And, oh, my God, that's so bad. What should we do? What should we do? Oh, you know, those mental health people, they have the answer. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. no, we don't. We don't. Well, we're, de- we're picking up on the mess that you guys have created, okay? So, no. Yeah. But anyway, um, so that's the general profile of the majority of these mass shootings that have taken place. I do want to take the time to sort of clarify to make sure that people have an understanding that there's a difference between a mass shooting and gun violence. Mm-hmm. So a mass shooting, I think technically you have to have like at least four people yeah. who have either been killed or, I or, or that died. Or I, I think it's four, not including the shooter or including the shooter. I can't remember. I think it has to be in a public area. I don't know. I don't think so. Could you be can, considered a mass shooting at your house? Yeah, because if somebody is just driving along, and it, yeah, it, I think it's four people or more. If they, like it's the party or something, you know, or picnic, whatever, in the house. But the point is that it's not like one-on-one gun violence, you know, and just like one person wanted to go rob somebody and then it turned into a thing. That's not a mass shooting. It's also the intention was not the intention was for it to be a massive amount of you know like mm-hmm. a mass shooting. It wasn't like I'm gonna go rob this store and if I kill one person then that's it and then I ended up killing 10 that was in their intention I don't know that technically that would still be considered I, I don't know because I don't know all the but I know that there has to be at least four that had, have died um including or not including the the mass shooter I don't remember um and then of course then there's gun violence which we know what that is mm-hmm. and I think that people are confusing those two things all the time because gun violence alone is a monumental problem across the board in our country that has nothing to do with mass shooting mass shootings nothing separate to do with that and it's always been a problem and we've been trying to do something with that and yeah we try to deal with individual people who have that kind of anger which is why we have the duty to to um inform when we know Mm -hmm. that a client has plans and has ways and means to do it we have to go tell the authorities that this person has a gun they're gonna do you know that's gun violence that's not mass shooting I think what we're talking about today is mass shooting, right? Or are we talking just about gun violence? I think our title said gun violence, but okay. I'm realizing most of our outline is about mass shooting. But Okay. So, all right, that's our bad. So either way, I think that we're not here because one of the things that Victoria and I agreed is that we're trying to stay in our lane in terms of mental health because we're not the professional, we're not law enforcement, we're not gun control activists, we're not 
pro or anti. We're not any of those things. So we can't sit here and tell you I'm knowledgeable to some extent on a lot of the issues involved in it, but I'm not in any way, shape, or form the person who should be speaking on all of the... And plus, they change all the time. You know, mm-hmm. and, and plus, the state, this state does that, that state does this, and nationally, you know, it's, it's all very different. So we're, we're, we can't really speak to that. Most of it is opinions and things that we're informed of. But what we do want to have a conversation about is whether it's gun violence or mass shooting, if it involves any form of gun (laughs) and anyone has died from it purposely because of an act of violence, that's what we are referring to. So we don't want to get hung up on the technicalities on whether or not, is it gun violence? Is it mass shooting? We don't care. We just care that there was a gun involved Mm -hmm. and people are dying. But the ones that are hitting us the hardest recently are the like the school ones. I mean, that shit's still happening. Which is <clears throat> insane to me. I mean How the yeah. hell is that still happening? I don't know. And it's something that, you know, we hear a lot of very sad, painful things in sessions and sometimes I think we can get desensitized to stuff. Um, but you know, the school shooting in Uvalde is something that yeah. I really can't pay attention too much to other it's it's overwhelming and I think it's because I kind of have this question going over and over in my head of how can we do this to each other how can and even saying we (laughs) associate myself with that shooter yeah but we are both human and it's hard for me to really recognize and accept that we do this stuff to each other and I mean I've said that before that the, the one thing I've learned the most in this profession is how amazing human beings can be and how evil we can be. Right. Yeah. And it's interesting to kind of put that dichotomy together. Like, yeah. what what is happening? How yeah. could we do that? How could a human go into a school and kill children in the most violent way possible? Their own community. Their own community. Their own I people. think he went to that school. And so I think that's where a lot of people want to jump to. There has to be something wrong. Because there's truth. Okay. Let's let's unpack that for a second, as we say in our profession. Nobody is saying that there's nothing wrong with these people. Mm-hmm. I am not saying that that's the epitome of a psychologically healthy person. Yeah. We're not saying that. Clearly, it's not. What we're saying is stop saying that this mental illness. Yeah. First of all, stop using mental health and mental illness as if they're the same thing. Because no. we all have mental health, as we've t- talked Refer about before. Refer to episode one, yeah. season one. <laughs> Just like we all have physical health and we all have physical illness. And we're not all of us, I mean, not all of us have physical illness, but we can have physical illness. And not all of us have mental illness. And we can't, but we can't, okay? Mm-hmm. And just because you're diagnosed with something doesn't increase your chances that you're the one that's going to go commit this mass shooting like that's ridiculous we're just going to use me as an example i'm going to use myself as an example i have a diagnosed mental illness technically a mental illness which is called depression right clinical depression been diagnosed was diagnosed in remission coming in and out of it sometimes whatever does this mean that i now need to be watched because i am likely going to commit some sort of gun violence or no no So that leads me to believe that you're thinking mental illness, mental health in terms of someone who's psychotic or someone who has a severe mental illness like um, like uh, schizophrenia, bipolar, something that's really their behavior is erratic and scary and obvious and, you know, that kind of thing. No, 
I have a question for you. Sure. Just out of curiosity. So what do you think would actually make you commit an act of, of being violent? Like having I think violence? that for most the average person, well, there has to be an anger. I mean, there has to be like yeah. a, an amount, a certain amount of anger or fear involved. I think of things like crimes of passion, right? Which a mm-hmm. lot of times when police are kind of dealing with domestic violence and whatever all else they're dealing with, a lot of it is crimes of passion. People mm-hmm. get into arguments. People get into fights. Somebody stole somebody's money. That's my car you hit. My dog is, you know, like something that that impulsively created this intense emotion and the gun is there or the bat is there or your car is there mm-hmm. or your glass is in your hand and you want to throw it at the person. It's not premeditated necessarily. It's impulsive. It's very impulsive. Does a person have that in them? Some people probably more than others. You know, some people have more anger issues than others. Does that mean I'm supposed to diagnose them and say that they're potentially going to to go to the, you know, bodega around the corner and, you know, gun violence going to happen? No, no. So I think a lot of it is that because it used to be like, that's, it used to be that way, right? Mm -hmm. That people just committed these crazy crimes of passion or, you know, whatever. And every now and again, it would be plotted and planned that they were going to go hurt a whole bunch of people or whatever, you know? So there's all these different, I think circumstances that can bring those things sometimes you know maybe they are having an episode because they are undiagnosed with something in that episode where they've blacked out they've committed some kind of heinous crime and therefore yeah of course then the mental health the mental illness has to be a contributing factor but these people don't have mental illness they sit there they plot they plan they know how they're in touch with reality, mm-hmm. you know, and if you have severe mental illness, say someone who's schizophrenic and your mind is deteriorating cognitively, your thinking is so disorganized, you don't even know whether you have your, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You want to help those people because they're incapable of help, even like putting their shoes on the right way. So how do you think they're going to mastermind this whole thing yeah. that not even an entire police force was able to handle at this high school? I mean, at this, this, um, middle school, elementary what, school, elementary school. like, even the police who are trained and ready, you know, they weren't even able to like, yeah. So, but you're giving credit to someone who like doesn't even know if they're on planet earth. You don't even know what their symptoms are, but if they're, if they're showing psychosis or they're showing, these are not people who are sitting around thinking, how can I get my hands on a, you know, some kind of gun that's going to help me kill everybody and I'm going to get in and get out. That's not how mental illness works. And that's what bothers me about it. Are there potential, cause you know, the police see this a lot. There are states of agitation. There are states of violence that does happen. Yes, of course. We're not saying it doesn't. But the cause and effect, that's not what we're seeing. Yeah. That's what the media is feeding us. It and, and people are accepting it because it's easy. It makes sense, right? Yeah. It's it's believable. It's a scapegoat. Yeah, it's a scapegoat. And it's also yeah. believable. Like, it, it's believable. Oh, my God. There has to be something wrong with that person. So, of course. Yeah. Yeah. And I do think it's, it, it separates us from them. You know, and I think us, I said, who's us? like, oh, us from the killers. You yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I, you know, we're not the same. We're not on the same wavelength. Mm-hmm. That guy's a psychopath, mm-hmm. you know, like, yeah. Um, but the fact that, and I think that's what I was referring to earlier. I was like, that's hard for me to really identify that we could do something like that. And yeah. I, I, I wonder, you know, you said like, uh, some people are more capable of acting this way than others. Um, yeah. Do you think that all of us have the capability of being violent? I think it depends on your circumstances because I think if you're tortured enough, 
yeah. and you're put in a situation where you're not sleeping, you're not eating, you're you have you're socially isolated. Like it's an extreme condition, you know, which most of us don't deal with, mm-hmm. you know. And and little by little, it starts taking a toll on you. It starts taking you're going to act out, you're going to rage out, you're going to whatever it is, or it's going to be internalized, and we're going to self destruct one mm-hmm. of the two. Um, but there's nothing that says you just wake up one day. Oh, you know, I had a bad life. So today I'm going to go buy a gun or -hmm. steal my brother's gun or something and then go to the nearest church and do damage that that's not how mental illness works. You know, mental illness shows signs of itself and you see it and it, and most of the time it's disruptive to the person's life. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, they themselves become oh, yeah. I mean, dysfunctional. A statistic on here, it said, you know, people with severe mental illnesses are 10 times more likely to experience violence themselves yeah. Um, yeah. than to commit violent acts. Yeah. So, so I don't know. I think that there's a lot of misinformation out there. I, I think that the best that we can do as mental health, we have to, for me, as for me, my, I'm my own little advocate. I will be the number one person to consistently say, stop trying to make me the person who can fix that problem because it's bullshit. It's Mm -hmm. like trying to tell a doctor that somehow he needs to figure out how to not have a whole bunch of gun victims show up in his emergency room. Mm -hmm. What can he do to prevent that? What do you expect him to do to prevent that? Educate the families, call the, I mean, they do what they can. They call the police like they're supposed to if someone comes in with a gunshot wound or whatever, but how are they supposed to know which that's not what mental health people do. We don't have crystal balls here that tell yeah. us who the potential. Do we have criteria that we? Yes, we do. But if you want us to use it on everybody, that includes you too. It's interesting that we become so divisive about choosing a solution and choosing a problem instead of seeing this as an entire puzzle yeah. or a community effort. And that's exactly what it is. It it that's exactly what it is. Everything. What what if researchers decided? We don't want to research that. You know why? I don't want to research that so that you guys can come up with the solution and I so don't bother giving me on it. What if they said that? Mm-hmm. Because it wasn't an interesting subject or because it doesn't align with what they think. Whatever the reason may be, and they don't want to do that. Well, then we're screwed because we need them to help us figure this out. Yeah. We need them to help us figure out this solution to this problem. Maybe that's the bigger problem is that we don't know how to work well together. I think that that is, and I think that... Well, it starts at the top, right? Because every time there's a mass shooting, every time there's gun violence, the first thing you hear out of any sort of public authority or even the president, mental illness at the time, not this president, but at the time, very specifically, I heard him very specifically say that the guy had a severe mental illness problem and that is why he did what he did. How do you know that? Did you sit with him and have, and, and what if I thought you're the one, with, everybody's saying you have a mental illness. Mm-hmm. What if we thought that, then you wouldn't be president, you know, because then you can do a whole lot of things, pull the, you know, like what, what if, how do you know that? How, what criteria did you use? And what's this criteria that you want me to use for the people that you're saying, oh, mental illness, we need to send them to the mental health people. And what criteria are you giving me to tell you which people are the ones that, the, all yeah. the maniacs in the South? With their guns, not wanting anybody on their property, which they have the right to do. Do they have mental illness? Uh, you know, are they mentally ill because they're shooting everybody up? That's short? No, they're not. Yeah. <laughs> they're that, was, not. that was an argument I heard one time. Yeah. This is a while ago, but they were just saying like, uh, we need to put guns in the hands of good people. 
how the fuck do you figure that out? Is there a scanner that you put people through? <laughs> and people go from good to bad, bad to good. There's Come a on. whole spectrum there. That, I mean, and what if that person started out good, got sick, and can't see things right anymore? Then what do we do? Go what take if they got, What if they got bullied? What if their yeah. wife cheated on them in a fit of rage? Uh-huh, and you then know? they go into something. We don't know. We can't predict those things. You know, you just cannot predict those things and... But, you know, I feel like that's what their argument is. That's what they start to say. And then it becomes divisive. And so then we get caught in the middle because then it's us as mental health people. We're the solution. And really, we're not. And even if we wanted yeah. to, because it's not like we don't want to be. We want to embrace that, right? We, I know for me, for me, I would be nothing more than happy to to be able to say, that's excellent. Give it to us. We will figure this out mm-hmm. and make it all good. But I'd be lying because, and what, am I like a magic person that can, that's, that's not how mental illness or mental health works. That's not even how our mental health system works, you know? Um, And like I, the basics on having someone admit it and having someone commit it, most people don't understand the difference between that. Mm -hmm. So even if I did everything that you thought I should do as a mental health person, that does not guarantee that the judge is going to say, commit this person, because then he's going to be looking at civil liberties. He's going to be looking at the man's. A whole other slew of things that they go by in the criminal justice system to decide whether or not this person needs to be committed. And what if you just have bad doctors all over the place wanting to commit people because, I don't know, they believe in interracial marriage. So that makes them a little ill and they might Mm -hmm. go commit mass. Then that person is going to get it's it's (laughs) what kills me about this. This argument is that you you want us to think this way about the actual perpetrators of these crimes. But yet you want us to be discerning on the people who actually own guns. Why aren't you asking us then, not just to handle the shootings and all that, but to also handle this mad desire for everybody to have all these guns in their days? Are we supposed to be analyzing you? Mm-hmm. Are we supposed to be coming up with, I don't know, some sort of diagnosis as to why certain people in this country need to have a cache of all? There are a lot of them that are very proud of it. I don't think that they're mentally ill. I think that they're very proud of it, and I think that they should have the right as a responsible American citizen Mm -hmm. to have it if that's, you know, da-da-da. I also think that if you're asking me to do it with this one random person over here, that you need to understand that's not going to separate you, the person asking me (laughs) to do that. People get really angry about their guns. Yeah. So, anger. Yeah, anger. (laughs) And and so what, am I not supposed to approach those people and say why are you you're so acting angry? a little bit this and you're acting that and this that and the other and you have a cash of or you have one gun in your car like am i not supposed to do that with you i'm just yeah. supposed to do it with these other potential people who can access you That's know a good point actually i never yeah. thought of it that way so the thinking is flawed i feel mm-hmm. i think that the media and the politicians unfortunately some of them just out of being misinformed or uninformed some of them just because they like to throw fire out there and just use, take advantage of the situation to make everybody think that this is the solution and have them hopeful about it. It's not the solution. If it was a solution, we would have done something a long ass time ago Mm -hmm. with that instead of getting defunded left and right all over the place. You know, you would have been funding that and fighting for that the way you're fighting to keep the NRA up, you know? So, you know, and I'm not pro or against NRA. I have opinions very strong opinions about that whole thing but it's not about the institution of the nra necessarily but it's the damn people some of the people that are involved in that that are getting away with things that they should not be getting away with saying 
you know, or doing or manipulating. That's what I have issues with. And the same thing with politicians, but that's their job. So back to the gun violence. So we laid out the, the what seems to be the general history with the people that commit mass shootings. We're still needing research on that, even if we wanted to take on the task to do something about that as a mental health professional. We still don't have enough to go on like, okay, so now we have that general mm -hmm. understanding. Then there's the whole rest of it that needs to be studied in order to even have the appropriate intervention for it. How do I inter, how do I, let's say we say these are the criteria now to diagnose this. This doesn't exist, people. I'm just making this up, this diagnosis. Um, mass shooting, what is it? Mass shooting disorder. disorder. Okay. <laughs> let's just say that exists. It does not exist, but let's just say it's fictitious. And this criteria, all these, this criteria that I just read, read, someone walks into my office and I can tick everything off. Oh, yep. Mm -hmm, all of these things. So now I can officially diagnose that person with this fictitious diagnosis of gun violence disorder, right? Or mass shooting disorder. It would be hard for me to imagine someone who matches this criteria <laughs> even willingly going to therapy. Yeah, even like so they don't the care about me. Problem. How do we get them into our office? Yeah, they don't want to see us. We're yeah. not gonna unless we have like a little magic, you know, crystal ball to be following people around. What? How do I know? Also, they can walk into my office wanting to not be this person anymore. So mm -hmm. then what? I'm working with them to help them not be like this anymore. There's still not a diagnosis for you. So we can't put a target on them. Yeah, so yeah. it's not like I can necessarily report, you know, like if you're telling me you're going to shoot somebody up and the school and whatever, yeah, I'm going to report you. But if you're just coming in and talking about I'm having these emotions and these feelings, they're intrusive, I don't know what to yeah. do about it, then that is not how we operate. Well, mm -hmm. The way we operate is we're going to try to de-escalate. We're going to try to provide the resources to make this not be the way this person is, that's going to be our go-to, you know, whether or not they go out and get a gun or don't get a gun, that is policy. That is law. That is everything outside of our control. Mm -hmm. So keep it there and stop making us responsible for who you're allowing. Like, it's almost like we have to give permission now. <laughs> like it's up to us to let them know who has permission to go mm -hmm. buy a gun and who doesn't have permission to buy a gun. Yeah. You know, we would just tell you nobody, right? Like, no, we wouldn't. We have plenty of mental health people that love their guns and they're very responsible and should. But if you, it, it's just, it can't be that one-sided and that like one-dimensional, yeah. you know? So it's all, it's all, I think, no, to answer your questions from hours ago, no, I do not believe that there is a solution right now. I do not believe that a solution can happen unless you get doctors to do the public health angle, the researchers to do the research so that they can be, it can be an evidence-based approach. Mm -hmm. Politicians to stop saying, we should do, we should, well then if we should do it, then you have to fund us in our ability to be able to learn the correct way to do it, you know, because mm -hmm. that requires study, that requires ethics, that requires a whole lot of thing. And then you have to put it into practice and see, does it really work? So it's not like that's gonna be the overnight answer to it either you know then it also requires community right so you have to go to the community where there's community violence and yeah. talk to the grassroots leaders about how the, what they're feeling the, the families why are the families are in the situations that they're in that these individuals are growing up to be this way you know and so there's a, a whole slew 
of ingredients that need to go into why, 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 why is this happening and how do we stop it? Exactly. It's a, it's a very, very sticky, multi-layered problem. Very, very complicated. And just to throw an easy solution out to, well, we need better mental health treatment. <laughs> okay, you know, let's, let's stick with that one because we're mental health people. Okay, Mr. Whoever is telling us that, Mr. Uh, I don't know, State Senator or Mr. <laughs> whatever up there on, on the Hill telling me that I need to do that. I'll do that. No problem. So what am I doing again? I'm, yeah. What are we supposed what to am do? I doing? What's I'm, the plan? What's, what's the 10 what's step my plan? plan here? My plan is that, oh yeah. Okay. So I have to figure out who these people are going to be, <laughs> then how to fix them. Well, guess what? You know how mental illness is, is fixed if it's fixed at all? Because most of it is management as mm -hmm. opposed to curing. But let's say somebody with severe mental illness that is diagnosable comes in which violence is not diagnosed, like that is not a mental illness diagnosable thing. Mm -hmm. But if it were, then we'd have to deal with particular therapy for that, but there's no medication for that. So if we're dealing with a mental illness like schizophrenia, anything that's psychotic, anything that's even bipolar, and anything that people are assuming are the reasons why people are doing this, their treatment most of the times depends on medication specifically for each of those conditions, each of those illnesses. There's no pill for anger, revenge, you know, there's no pill for violence. Yeah. Violence is a behavior. It's not an illness. You know what I'm saying? So you have to get to the root of where this violence is coming from or why it's grown to the point that is grown with this person, you know, not to say that mental health and mental illnesses in play are contributing role maybe in some of them or that it's not a part of it it just does not cause people to become mass shooters yeah that's my point yeah that's my point so and I, and I agree and I think it definitely creates a stigma I mean my internship I was um providing social therapeutic services uh to people with schizophrenia cracking bones over there <laughs> Just trying to drink some water on the sneak. Lap this water bottle. <laughs> uh, but yeah, and I remember the first day I walked in, I was terrified. Because, because you thought they were going to be violent. Oh, yeah. Well, someone walked in with a backpack and I was like, you oh, allow them to have backpacks. Yeah. And I like, I, I, I was terrified. I was like, this is it, Victoria. This is how you die. Oh, like literally yeah. like, I think I've told people in the past that I definitely have OCD anxiety. So yeah. Um, <laughs> But he, uh, he, and he had like a, a like a do rag on, like all the stereotypical yeah, yeah. like violent. Anyway, yeah. so he puts his backpack down, he unzips it really aggressively, <laughs> and he pulls out all these poetry books. Yeah, see, because yeah. he likes poetry, and yeah. he's like, a, he's an artist. Yeah, and I'm like, that's the most gentle thing I yeah. can imagine. You pulling out <laughs> that backpack, and I'm yeah. so sorry. I yeah, I don't know. I you know, I, you asked the question earlier about what. I forget what the question was. I know what my answer was going to be. It's like, but it was something about the, the individuals. That be, what causes, why are some people like this? Like, yeah. You know, that kind of thing. You know, I know that this is a big debatable thing, but there are people who are truly malevolent. There are people yeah. on this planet who are malevolent. They just are. That is not a mental illness. That is not mental health. You cannot therapy a person out of their malevolence. You cannot therapy them out of being mean and being destructive and wanting to kill people. 
that is those are not things that you can therapy people out of or yeah. or medicate people out of you know i mean you can incarcerate people yeah. and hope that they don't get out into but you can't it's not it's not an illness that you can do something about like a legitimate mental illness can be it would be interesting to have an episode on cuz that's something i'm very curious about is like what makes a person evil what is going on there? Because yeah. you're right. It's not always mental illness. No. And no. I don't know whether that's... Some of these people who are as malevolent as they can be are quite sane, are quite reasonable. Yeah. They are very much in touch with reality. They are much more intelligent than we are and absolutely have nothing but control over what's going on in their life. Are they malevolent? Yeah. Are they insane, mentally ill? No, they're not. Yeah, and I think it's I think it's hard for people to put those two people together. People don't get, and I that's what people have a hard time with. It's like, how can you be a child like that? There has to be something wrong with you. You must be sick. They don't must be sick. That's not necessarily, they can be sick. Yeah. But that's not necessarily what makes an abuser abuse. Sometimes they're just abusing because they're assholes and they're fucked up emotionally. Yeah. But that is not mental illness. You having emotional disturbance does not equate mental illness yeah you know? I, think, I think it's hard to I, I think it's just hard for us to put that 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 idea together I don't yeah. even know what I'm trying to say that like yeah. I think it's what I said earlier it's just yeah. like how can we share the same like how are we the same species you know mm -hmm. but we are you know sometimes and have just, always been I mean if yeah. you go through the history that we got taught my age group anyway in the United States, it's not real freaking history. It's very glamorized history, and a mm. lot has been omitted. Now that we actually are understanding what the real history, even of our own country, entailed, look at the violence and the mass oh, yeah. murder and death. Oh, were they all mentally ill when they came and, and no. slaughtered the Indians? Hell no. They were very strategic, very celebratory, yeah. and very successful people who managed to accomplish a lot. Yeah. Can I sit here and diagnose each and every one of them with a mental illness? Probably not. Were there some that ha probably had some issues that could have been? Yeah, of course. Of course. But you they were all yeah. massive murderers. And what does that mean then? I think the moral of the story is you do not have to be mentally ill to be capable no. of heinous acts no. against each other. No. You no. just, you don't. It's unfortunately a very dark part of mm -hmm. human nature. Mm -hmm. And... I think that's just really icky for us to... It is very nasty. And it's scary because as if people are listening to mental health professionals say, hey, any shit we can do about it, that's scary. It's yeah. scary. Of course we can help people with mental illness if in fact they have it and hopefully avoid, you know, ever going down that road of any sort of violence or self-harm or anything like that. But can we avoid tragedies like that? The likelihood is no. Yeah. Unless all of these other things get put into place but it's hopeful it's very hopeful because we have a lot of the younger generations involved now and they are getting all of those pieces that need to be in place in place so that hopefully this can get better as we get older as a country and it's stop up to you guys yeah yeah it really is. The and they're doing a great phenomenal job and and to stop trying to separate stop trying to make it either guns or mental like those two yeah. things are the problem neither of those two things are necessarily the problem you know? Yeah. So fixing one is not going to take care of the other. That's my speech and that's all I got to say about it. Exactly. Uh, I feel like we have more to talk about. So we'll yeah. decide, I guess, if we want to do a, a part two or yeah. we'll just, you know.
know, well, maybe this. we will. I mean, maybe next time what we'll do is deal with like the opposite, which is, okay, we can't do anything about that, but what can we do with look? the people that are affected by this? Yeah. So maybe we'll do some crisis counseling stuff. We'll do some disaster mental health stuff. We'll do some impact on schools, impact on teachers, impact, you know, on the general public yeah. with these massive, you know, massive, like my, my nibblings went to, um, something at the driver's license bureau <laughs> like a few months ago and it was a shooting as they were leaving oh like there was a freaking gosh. shooting and i'm listening to this like online like some guy went inside where they just came out of and shot some other guy in there whatever and my nibblings were getting in the car coming home because they just went to get their driver's license or something like that wow it impacts us all on some level it happens yeah. you know and then i dealt with that sniper situation in dc so it's everywhere, and we'll talk about the impact that it has, what you can do, what is hopeful about it, and the direction that we're hoping we can advocate our way yeah. into. I agree. Next episode, we're going to have a little bit more hope. Yeah. <laughs> like this hope. One was. Realistic hope. Yes. <laughs> yeah. uh, all right, guys. Well, thank you so much for listening, mm -hmm. um, and we'll see you next we'll time. We'll talk to you next week. Bye. Hey, everyone. Victoria here. Thanks for listening to Studio Talk. We hope you enjoyed our conversation into all things related to mental health. As always, you can head over to Studio Talk on YouTube or on Xiomara's website at thex-studio.org, where you can click on the podcast tab on the top menu. Sign up for our email list is there, as well as check out all the links and resources, including Xiomara's website, in the show notes. That's all for this episode, and we hope to see you next time. If you are experiencing any psychological distress, please call 911 or go to your nearest emergency room.